There it is. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. And I want to say welcome back to Will. Uh, we missed you last week. Thank you. Sorry, I was not able to be there. I apologize. Uh, no, I understand these things happen. So Yes, um, yes they do. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how have uh, your last couple of weeks been since uh we've been able to talk on here so it's been going well uh my my, my day job has been uh concert crazy you know lots of uh high school band and orchestra performances mm -hmm. following the musical before that so it's been a busy time but things are going to kind of lighten up a little bit before we get to the spring break and then back into some more events and then it just kind of barrels rolls crazy to the end of the school year so yeah oh yeah um, i'm sure i'm sure um yeah. yeah here it's been rainy today we are oh uh, no we got some it's been raining all day the backyard is just a muddy mess right now and of course <laughs> our dog refuses to go outside to, to do nope. anything she just, walk, just walks outside and goes, nope that's it we keep not having it, it. <laughs> she's like you can't you can't hold it forever and she just looks at us like you watch me i will i will hold it as long as i as long as i can Right, you got it. It's crazy, right? Oh, <sighs> so yes, it's been. Uh, that's you know our weather's been pretty good though. We've been pretty forced, except yeah. it's cold. We had like a nice seventy degree stretch for yeah, a few days, yeah. and now we're back to it's back to the twenties. Cold, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Waking up in the twenties, you know, stuff like that. Someone at work yesterday made a made a joke about having to get their uh, snowsuit out. I said, "Don't even joke about that." No, 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 don't. Do not. Do not put that out in the universe. Don't do that, mister. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, all right. Well, um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're not really going to be talking necessarily about anything specifically Star Wars. We're going to be talking more about how Star Wars has maybe helped helped us in certain situations in our life, throughout our life. Um, and just different ways that it has kind of affected us in that way. Not necessarily like, oh, I saw, I, I watched Star Wars and my life was changed. I think everyone who's seen Star Wars has gone through that, but just, mm -hmm. you know, specific times and maybe specific instances where, you know, mentally you might have been in a bad place or, you're going through a rough, you know, rust patch, which we all do, and Star Wars has kind of helped us. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, f I feel like uh, this this can be actually. I think there could be a lot of, uh, of of ways this conversation can go. Yeah, because I think that there are uh, quite a bit of people. If you were to ask, if you were to line up a hundred people that are Star Wars fans, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and ask them, you know, to tell a story like about how Star Wars changed their life in, for the better in a positive way, I think you'd get a lot of instances where there was some scene or some character. And I want to talk about some of that in a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, and, you know, especially someone like my age, you know, my, you know, grew up, in, you know, my age and probably even your age, there were times when Star Wars wasn't cool. And, you being, know, a, and being a Star Wars fan wasn't like, People always liked it, but 
Well, you know, there was, you know, there was a time when, and and again, this is kind of going off the mark a little bit, but you know, the dark times, as we call it, mm-hmm. um, was this time frame between around 1984, 85, maybe, and 1996 uh, or seven. Yeah. And 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 and, and that ten year or eight year span, where there wasn't a lot of Star Wars out there, there was, but there was some. Okay, and to those of us who were fans, there was a a, a place to go. You know, things that you can do, um, uh, books that you could read, uh, you know, made-for-TV movies that you could watch, and you know, things of that nature. But I think that you know there was a darkness there where there just wasn't anything new coming, and people had moved on to other yeah. other well, franchises, other things. I mean, and there I, is there is you know. People like us, you know, super fans tend to be, especially during that time, had the, you know, this was a time when it wasn't necessarily cool to be a nerd. You know, I think, oh, well, yeah, I, I, mean, I think, the, and now, and, you know, star, you know, sci-fi has always kind of been attract, you know, attracted that type of, you know, the, 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 the quote unquote nerd, the, the social outcast, they've, they've always just kind of gravitated towards those type of things which is so so ironic that like i think a lot of people like use star wars as an escape you know yeah. star trek as an escape and it's, it's so interesting that the thing that they used as an escape was also the thing that they might have got picked on for well so it's funny picked, yeah they got they, yeah. yeah i got i mean my my particular fandom was was such that, you know, I was a, you know, Star Wars through and through, but I also, I grew up on Star Trek. I saw the, you know, the, the original series and syndication. We had the little Mego figures, my brother and I. So Star Trek was no um, stranger in my household, you know? Yeah. In fact, my father was, grew up, he used to watch it with his father. So that was kind of a fan. He Not that he was a full out Trek fan, but he definitely had that. And then when, you know, Star Wars Return of the Jedi came out in 83, followed by a couple more. I was collecting the toys, and I did collect the toys right up through. Um, but by the time the co- to- around 85, the last round of toys and into the droid series and Ewoks, I yeah. was um, I was now like 14, 15. So I was definitely, you know, my in my mind. And I don't think I ever – I never felt like – Oh, it's not cool. I'm not going to like Star Star Wars anymore. I, I didn't really feel that. I just my interests went into other places because yeah. there was no new Star Wars, and I wasn't really a big reader. I wasn't even a big comics fan, so I did read the comics, and then they ended. And I watched the Saturday morning cartoons, and I was like, and I and I wasn't a cynical kid, but I just kind of went, all right, this doesn't seem like it's really for me. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed bits and bits and pieces, and I liked yeah. the Ewok movies. I, you know, I, I didn't mind them. It was cool to see, you know, whatever little special effects they had. But then when that waned, uh, I became a Star Trek fan. I, I, I was all excited about the next generation. Uh, and I started watching that. And I enjoyed that. And then I started going to Star Trek conventions, which were a – that was my first experience with that. And I walk yeah. in and I see – this, I mean, I had friends that were Star Wars fans and some Star Trek fans, but I went into this. This I remember it was the Pennsylvania Hotel in New York. It was a big, huge uh, conference center, and I walked in and I look around, and it 
there's just stuff everywhere. People dressed up, and it was it was mostly Star Trek, but there was a lot of Star Wars collectibles and art and things of that nature. And I think, and I'm looking around, I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I felt I wasn't alone, and I felt that that was my first experience. Um, kind of realizing that this is not something that it's just me. It's not something where I'm thinking, well, this must be just, I must be weird because no one else likes this but me. And I realized that there were a lot of people yeah. that did. And then fast forward a few years later, like in the mid nineties, early to mid early nineties. And, you know, I was teaching my first couple of years teaching and we didn't have computers in our rooms, but there was a computer lab. So I, w I would go to the computer lab after school or on my prep and I would take a look and see like the internet and say, oh, people were putting Star Wars stuff on the internet and there would be pictures from the movies. <laughs> and it was, and, and then I could, and my, my, my computer teacher colleague of mine had a color printer. So I was literally printing individual, I'm an X-Wing fighter. <laughs> and I was like, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh. So anyway, they, the, uh, the point is that, you know, again, I be opened up to these forums and these places where people spoke about their love of Star Wars. And um, I felt that, you know, I started to realize that this was a phenomenal phenomenon that people were really oh, yeah. attaching to this and other things too. Not, not just Star Wars, Star Trek as well. Um, for, for two, for two franchises that fight each other so much, they're so much alike in so I many know, ways that it's, it is kind of funny. Yeah. I, I do think that there's this, especially. I think it's changed now with the with the the popularity of like the the Marvel movies and, uh, you know the, the all the Star Wars TV shows and the Marvel TV shows, but especially when I was growing up, because I was in high school in the midnight mid to mid mid to late nineties. I graduated. I graduated high school in ninety seven. Oh, oh, you youngin! I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I graduated '89. Not that you know, you're eight. Um, you're, you're eight years younger than me, so yeah. it's not like that much. But but there was this idea that you could watch, you could like like something, but you know, if you if you were too into it, you know, you had to be, especially if you're a guy. Guys were into, you know, sports, and oh, if you were into you know nerdy stuff. You know, at least where I was, where I went to, people watched it, but I don't know. It was just this, you know. Well, I, I think that existed with me, but I was a little more oblivious to it. And I think part of that was my brother was an athlete in in, in our school. He was three years yeah. ahead of me. He was a senior when I was a freshman. I was off limits. Nobody made fun of me because the whole football team. I mean, he was a place kicker on the football team, but he was a, he was like a record breaking quit place kicker. And and he uh, he did really well, so he was very popular in that sense. And you know, he he and I always got along. He liked Star Wars too. He liked Star Trek too. Yeah. So he just I, I was off limits from people like you know. I never got wedgied. Of course, I was a big guy too, so it did that also didn't hurt. Yeah. See, so, I was the opposite. I was I was skinny. I was awkward. Um. <laughs> oh, I had my believe me. I walk. I was that overweight kid walking to school with my violin in my hand. I was not in any way the epitome of cool. But oh no, no. I also uh, anyway. So yeah, you know, we have our lives, and I think a lot of people struggle with um, you know, different types of uh, mental illness. And again, at the time, maybe there were things that many of us struggled with that just didn't have a label of mental yeah. illness. Oh, they yeah. we called it other things, and yeah. sadly, sometimes we were told. You know, just you know, buck up, or you know, just you oh, know, yeah, 
the deal yeah, with it, it or whatever. And, yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think in some, time, some cases it's not true. So when it comes to Star Wars, though, I mean, I do want to talk a little bit about it specifically. If we, if we get some okay. people that want to comment, if they're listening, definitely, that want to come in and chime in on the comments, we'll definitely take a look. And if you're willing to share anything about your story, yeah. about what what Star Wars meant to you in a way that maybe dealt with if you were having a, a you know, a, if you were suffering from, you know, anxiety or depression or, you know, just, just ha- having a down day or, but I like to think that, you know, one of the reasons that Star Wars resonates as much as it does is the characters and the, and the kind of characters that they are. So I sat down with my wife and my wife was actually going to pop in on this, um, this, this uh, podcast because she really, you know, does a lot of uh, stuff. She was a teacher, an elementary school teacher for 20 years. And, you know, she, she really learned a lot about, you know, children with autism and children with Asperger's and children that suffered from, you know, high functioning anxiety and depression and whatever else there is. And, you know, she said, you know, should we, we sat down this morning at the breakfast table and I, you know, when we were talking about the topic and she's like, so do you think you, we want to, talk about some of the characters and what kind of mental illness and mental struggles yeah, that they yeah. have. I, I think, I think that'd be a good, you know, maybe. yeah. But in a, in, in a sense to understand that, that the, in the real world, people might relate to some of the emotions and feelings yeah. that these characters had. And, and some of them I think were obvious and some of them maybe not so much yeah. like, and so we kind of just created a little bit of a list and 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 I'll and I'll kind of go through it and then you know chime in with anything you want to talk about but sure. the first one at the top that came out of both of our minds is Kylo Ren and his oh. anger and his anger and rage issues <laughs> so now now i mean you know it's almost done Definitely, in a yeah. comical way in the in the show, in the movies but you know clearly when you when you when you, you know to get a little more serious here you know there's obviously a lot of you know pain there and I think that there are people that might have related to that. I mean, I've known people that were good, good people that when things didn't go their way, they got angry and they had rage Mm -hmm. and they sometimes didn't know how to place that and how to channel that into something more positive. So that could sometimes turn into something quite, you know, uh, physically abusive, if not on another person, on themselves or on an object, you know, punching a wall, that kind of thing. You know, so it's it's definitely something that, you know, people with that kind of an anger issue might relate to that, may like understand. And, and again, it's like any other kind of representation. You see something on a screen and you say, oh, my God, that's me. You know, that's what I, that's what I'm like. And I think that we can see that that the, the strain and anxiety that people might feel just from looking different than anybody that they see. Come up, could be a person of color. Could be someone who's trans, who's who's going through any kind of transition like that. So, to be able to look onto the screen and see any kind of character or situation that they can relate to, I think that could be a very powerful thing. Definitely. So you know, so Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, definitely the anger issues. Yeah. And then, then on a more positive way, they, you know, people might look at um, at Ray and and see kind of someone with a strong will. Uh, definitely very talented and someone who's, but not just, I always felt like people are like, well, you know, what they call her a Mary Sue or something. Mary, she, yeah. The Mary Sue. I disagreed with that because I felt like she, um, she, she trained for her whole life. The first thing we see her doing, the first time you see her in the movie, she's on a tethered rope 
inside of a crashed Star Destroyer hundreds of feet in the air. She didn't just wake up and decide to do that. She yeah. had to learn to do that. And she learned to pilot, and she learned to fight, and she learned to all these mm-hmm. things. She didn't just wake up knowing how to do it. And and I think that that's a you know definitely yeah. a strong a strong character, but also one that might fear abandonment. I think that was I was going to say that I think she definitely you know has abandonment issues. She has this, you know, I think you know especially when you see her in the first in the first movie, you have yes. the sense that she keeps waiting for her parents to come back. But you know, in the back of her mind, she knows they're not coming back. They're not yes. coming back. Exactly. That's it. And yeah. I, and then, of course, you know, in the in all three movies, she kind of has identity issues. Who am I? Yeah. Well, you know what? And then, you know, and and that bops around, and that's got to be very traumatic for someone, you know. And and I would equate that in a lot of ways when a person is adopted, and you know, you have some experience with this. When a person is adopted, but maybe didn't know they were adopted. Okay, or yeah. somebody who was adopted, and even that does know. I mean, that's a that, that you know we got to tell you that abandonment issues can exist even after a child is you know is is born of a of one person and then immediately handed over to someone else. It doesn't matter that it's that instant that mm-hmm. that that absence from the biological mom mother could cause some. Sub, you know, like objective in the back of your mind, or not suppressed, I should say, abandonment yeah. things. So it's just it, it is something that I de- you know can definitely shape Ray, and I think that people can see that, and I think that they could they could trigger some some strong emotions for for many yeah. people. Yeah. Now I'm going to go in another way that's <laughs> completely crazy, but let's talk about the golden droid in the room. Let's talk about C-3PO. Oh, now, now, now we know, we all know that droids are, you know, non-sentient and, you know, they're just, you know, in, in, the, in the Star Wars universe, they a lot of times are looked on, looked upon like toasters or, you know, appliances of some sort, right? Computers. But C-3PO, because of his, you know, etiquette and protocol, has a very human, you know, people can attach to him in a very human way. But C-3PO is definitely, it's, whether he came about it himself or it was programmed into him, he definitely suffers from a high-functioning form of anxiety. Yes. You know, he has been nervous about everything, uh, so much so that Leia calls him out on it. You know, wipe that nervous expression off your face. And, you know, just anxiety and compliance. You know, he's mm-hmm. always wanting to, you know, follow correct protocol. And uh, and and when that doesn't happen, he 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 has he he struggles with that. There are people, people I know, people I love that struggle with these types of things, so they can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you when you mentioned three people, I'm like, oh, that's the first thing I thought of is just him being so anxious, and you know, maybe even a little bit, maybe even a little OC, uh, obsessive compulsive. You know, everything's got to be. Yeah, everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be just right. It's funny. Um, the of all the movies that he was that his character appeared in, it appeared it seemed as though Revenge of the Sith of all movies, which is the movie where everything just goes to hell. Um, but for but for three PO, you know the the bulk of it, he's just being a he's being. A protocol droid. He's there with Padme, and he's just, 
you know, being a servant and entertaining meetings and, you know, he's doing his thing. In fact, I think Anthony Daniels even talked about that, that it was the finally the moment where he got to do what he was designed to do. And he never really got dragged into droid factories or onto, you know, get his, get shut down by Babu Frick or whatever adventures or getting blown into pieces that, you know, it was a very simple thing. Of course, then at the end, he gets his memory wiped. So, right. yeah. Oh, well, so much for that. Uh, then let's move on to Lando. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, Lando, just side note, I am very much looking forward to it. It was announced that there's going to be a Lando series. Yes. I don't know who's in it, what's in it, if it's going to be a, a whole new character or whatever, or no actor, I mean, but I want to learn more about this character. You know, we got hints of it in Solo, but I really want to know more. Right now, what we have from Lando, based on everything we've seen of him, and from the from the three movies that we've seen him in, or four movies if you count Rise of Skywalker, is he's always about appearances. You know, there's a there's a sort of uh, keeping up with appearances. Is all about with him with his capes and his really nice uniforms and. And I think that there's something there. There's something there about, um, you know, about mental health, you know, and, and we see that with people that are always trying to keep up those appearances and always look perfect, perfect house, perfect life, perfect imagery on Facebook, you know, or social media. So that's, that's okay. Han Solo. Han Solo is a survivor. Mm-hmm. He's a protector, you know, and when we, particularly with Chewie. With Kira, he wanted to go back to, to to rescue her. He started off, even though he was kind of a scrappy, you know, a street rat or whatever, scum rat, scrum rat, I think they called it. Yeah. He uh, he definitely uh, started off with a much more positive outlook. And then after being burned by Kira and, uh, and by Tobias and just having all these kind of things happen to him, he turned himself more into a cynical yeah. character but i see i definitely see someone and you can even see it in in right in rise of skywalker you know someone who definitely struggles with attachment issues you know rise he, Sky, you mean force awakens force awakens yeah <laughs> force awakens no, sorry. He was pretty content in rise of skywalker <laughs> yeah. he, he was perfectly happy being where he was so uh but um you know he you know it takes you know someone who takes a long time to to get attached to someone. He's very careful. Very careful. Very very, like you said, can be very cynical. Um, doesn't like to get pe- people to get close to him necessarily. Yes. No, that's very true, and uh, you know, very guarded. You know, mm-hmm. because of that. You know, because of he's been burned. You know. Yeah. And then, you know, and now if there is a character in the entire Star Wars saga that I feel there are two characters that I feel have are probably the men- mentally speaking, the healthiest individuals that you will ever come across in a Star Wars campaign. That is Chewbacca and R2-D2. <laughs> okay. These two, man, they could teach psychology and they could be psychologists and I, I think i think r2 though just just little bits and pieces you 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 get from him if there's anything that that r2 would have is i think he can be a little 
arrogant. He can be a little cocky. I, don't know, I think yeah, I see that more. I see that. I don't see arrogance. I see confidence. Yeah. He saved the day in every movie. He yeah. can be confident. I don't know if he if he only did that once and he messed up all the other times. Yeah. Excuse me. I would. Uh, I'd say differently, but um, I, I have to respectfully disagree. I think okay. he's more confident. Confident yeah. character. That's as why I said. Chewie, that. As far as Chewie goes, I mean, Chewie's a protector. Chewie's a protector. But, but you also have to understand. You also have to, if you understand Chewie's backstory, Chewie has seen some stuff. Yes, he Chewie's has been through some stuff. But he's also, and I think part of why he is the way he is, is because of his long life. I mean, look, you, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that he hasn't been, th that depressing moments have not been thrust upon him. He's watched yeah. all of his friends in the, in the, in the universe that we know pass on, at least in terms of Luke, Han, and Leia. And, and, you know, by the time Leia went, he had really had to let out, let it out. He just, you know, he needed to express his grief but being having grief and expressing it it's that's important that's that's why i think he's healthy and men mentally speaking because so many people hide their emotions and chewie doesn't do that when he's angry he tells you he's angry he, you know he might you know his rage might go a little a little much when he rips arms off of so arms out of sockets but you know i think part of that i honestly don't believe that he did that i think that his I think that his his mannerisms were a lot more subdued, and we might he might have saved the arm ripping out of sockets for um, you know more nefarious characters and not people that beat him at chess. But that's just me. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but Chewie and R two man, they're the ones to go to. They're the ones to have in your corner for many reasons. But uh, in terms of uh, you know the mental health, yeah, and you know, and I said, and as far as like. And now let's talk about Anakin slash Darth Vader. Oh, where do we start with him? <laughs> well, let's oh. start. Let's go chronologically. Let's start with little little Anakin, young young Aban boy. I mean, not necessarily abandonment, but definitely attachment. You know, attachment, yeah. And now, now I will say too that I know that the Force is a is a, is a, is a um, an, an an object or a thing. An energy field, if you will, mm -hmm. made up of midichlorians that is very present in. So far, we've only really talked about two, the, uh, you know, the Ray and Anakin slash Vader. Oh, three and Kylo, Kylo Ray. But I, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna keep. I'm keeping the Force out of this because the Force is not a real world um, necessarily. Right. Not, you know, it, it's hard to find a real world component that kind of goes along with that. So let's just talk about them as human beings. But so Anakin, as a uh, definitely as a boy, was you know he struggled with. I mean, yeah, you're right. It was less about abandonment. I mean, he made the choice mm -hmm. to go with Qui Gon. Yeah, it he was hesitated. He hesitated when he realized that the mom, his mom, wasn't going with her with him. But he and he, and he did turn back around. He said, "I can't do it." But the mom, you know, kind of set him straight, and he went. So there might be attachment more i think you're right i think it's attachment and um elements of control i think is big there mm -hmm. you know um especially when he became teenage angst anakin and you know where he had dreams about his mother he went he had to go and find her he found out she was missing he lost her his rage and anger starts to form and he slaughtered all the tuscans you know, you're dealing with somebody who does not know how to process these emotions. Yeah. He doesn't know how to even 
articulate them. Yeah. And you know, and, and the, I, oh, yeah, go ahead. I think I also see a little bit of narcissism. I can I can control it. I can be the greatest. I can over you know, um, and someone who definitely we 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 did a whole other episode where we talked about Anakin and who's to blame for Anakin's fall. And one of the things that I mentioned was Anakin's refusal to take responsibility mm -hmm. for anything he did. It was always someone else's fault. Obi Wan's fault. He's holding it's, me back. Yeah, it's Obi Wan's fault. It's it's the Jedi's fault. And then even when he became Darth Vader, oh, it's, uh, I'm I'm this way because the Emperor. Yeah, the Emperor made me do. The Emperor you can destroy the Emperor. He's foreseen this. You know, it's it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot. But I think that you know that's a that's a standard. I mean, you know, is that a mental health thing or is that more I, of a of a of a trope that we as human beings use? to keep I guess it is in a way related to mental health because I know of many people that I love and respect that will not accept criticism you yeah. know the criticism if they do something wrong they will turn it around they will gaslight a popular term these days they will do anything they can to not accept that they do stuff one of the first things I learned as a teacher and I told this to all the young teachers that I come across is that, you know, look, if you, number one, you know, a friend of mine made this comment. Uh, he said, you know, take the job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously, so seriously. Because so often we run into people that will not accept the fact that they made a mistake. If they said something wrong, if they, you know, went through a procedure the wrong way, if they missed something that they should have caught and the kids, the students catch it and question it. They will try to hide it. They'll try to backpedal. They'll try to do anything. And it's like, why? Admit that you made a mistake. Admit that you were wrong. Yeah. It's okay. Admit that yeah. you're admitting that you're a human is the first sense is the first step to you know creating allies with your students. And that's yeah. something I think that um, that you know a lot of I think we see a lot with politicians. Like hardly anybody will actually admit when they're wrong. Yeah. You know, it's a very uh, it's a very sad and, truth. And with 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 someone like Anakin, you can argue, you know. Was he put in a position, you know, of being called, of being the quote unquote chosen one and having all of this expectations on him? Did they set him up for, was he set up for failure? Or again, was this something that, you know, he, he ultimately had, you know, had to make the decisions himself and had to take responsibility to understand that yes this might be you know where you're headed but you're not there right now you mm -hmm. need to back up you know i i take the the scene in the um in the jedi in the uh uh the council chamber where the famous scene of you uh, we give you a seat on this council be done not make you a master this is this is absurd. absurd yeah and right there it's like there there's that narcissism there's yeah. that how could you, you not grant how me a master? you know right. I, and and yeah, there was definitely um, there was definitely bruised ego, you know, and that's something that some people can learn and and, and grow from, and some people can't. And I think, yeah, that, you know, and that sense of control is with him. And then you know, obviously, the fear, the fear, fear of loss, mm -hmm. fear of loss first of his mom, then of then of Padme, okay. and you know, you 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 definitely um, see a lot. I mean, there's a lot more to unpack about Vader. We could do a whole show, which oh, you have. Yeah. 
um, about Vader. So, so the, you know, the mental health thing. But I guess it is something that people can relate to. You know, yeah. not that people are going to turn into Darth Vader. Not that. No, maybe it's. But maybe, yeah. quite frankly, it's probably the opposite that they they don't want to be the villain in their own story. You know. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's talk about Luke and Leia. We're going to put them together. Okay. Um. So. Being that the two of them were adopted, do you think Leia knew? Is there any, to your knowledge, any text or you know comic book or book that you're aware of that Leia shows Leia knowing that she was adopted by Bail Organa? I think they, they do mention that. Do I they think mention in a couple it? of the books they, that she was adopted, okay. that she wasn't their natural. So I think she knew. Like meaning even, that they told her that. You know, we yeah, because even even in. Uh, Return of the Jedi, the, you know, the scene that's become kind of like, okay, how did she know? Or she, or Luke says, "What do you remember about your mother?" And he he stops and said, "Your real mother." Yeah. So that kind of institute that kind of meant you know showed to me that okay, yeah, he knew that she wasn't that her the person who raised her wasn't her biological. Although mother. I, I take offense at that line. Sorry, sorry, Luke, but you know, yeah. call somebody you you know. To call you remember your mother your real mother as in the the woman Brea Organa didn't raise her I mean yeah. you know, she was a baby for goodness sake Brea is yeah. just as much our mother as I as yeah any, I under, trust me you know, trust me oh, we have that we have that we've had the discussion in our family I'm sure you have with my biological mom and my mom where she she'll say I'm your mom yeah no, no I get that, that. And, and it's true I mean there's oh, yeah. a lot of that's that's yeah, something I, that I, I rarely enter you know if I'm talking to her. She's Debbie, mm -hmm. uh, my biological mom. Only time I'll really refer to her is I'm like, introducing her to somebody. You know, it's like, oh, this is this is my, you know, and my mom's not around. I'll, I might say, this is my mom, and she'll say, yeah, oh, no, it's us. yeah. But anyway, but, but yeah, yeah. So, so, but hey, getting back to Luke and Leia. So, you know, obviously, I, I just didn't wondered that about Leia, and I knew Luke because he always called Uncle Owen and Peru, so that wasn't anything there. But I wonder if they, if there was any evidence. I don't know if there was any obvious evidence of adoption, any issues with abandonment, you know, that which again we talked about with adoption. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I think I think with Luke, it, he was probably just you know, could you know, chalked up to, oh, he's a, he's a a, a war child, a ch you know, his, True. his you know, but he didn't know that his father was a navigator on a spice freighter. Yeah. You know, but, so. I mean, during this during the Clone Wars, you know, I'm sure you know a lot of spice freighters got caught up in the act, caught up in the uh, in the war. So yeah, yeah, it's possible. That's possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the two of them, you know, you've got and, and and you've got the this again with Leia, strong strong woman. You know, both brought up in very different circumstances, like um, you know, royalty versus you know rural farm boy and uh you know the royalty that wasn't just royalty that wasn't just one for you know fancy parties and and living the lap of luxury but it was also trying to help and try to make a difference and any of the other that's you know pretty much just trying to yeah. help his his uncle and aunt and stay on the farm but he really deeply wants to go out and have his adventure so now you're getting into more like joseph campbell um you know hero of a thousand faces you know the the yeah. legend tropes and stuff like that. Well, I, I think with, with Luke, tropes. I think with Luke, you still have, you know, ish, ish. I mean, even Yoda points it out. He's like, you're never satisfied. 
You're yeah. never you're never happy just where you are in the moment. And and that can be a yeah, I think we look at mental health and think of these big issues. We right. Think but, of like great you know, we think of like that to you know, to have mental health to deal with mental health issues, you have to be some sort of clinical thing, you know, you have to be like, oh, you have to have you know, you know, be depressed all the time or you have to have O C D. But it can just be little, little small things. Every, it can be things like that, like not being satisfied where you are in right. the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, always looking, always looking to the future. Yes, and and you know, again, that kind of suffering from grass is always greener mm-hmm. syndrome. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so that yeah, and and I, I mean, think I, I, and I, I have that. Pro- I have that personally in my life. I have that problem. You know, I get a job, and I don't know how many times it's been like job is going great and then i'll some will i'll see something come up and like i wonder if that job over there is better i wonder mm-hmm. if that position and instead of just being like let's just see where you know it's like i'll go over there and nine times out of ten i get over there i'm like i wish i had done that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know well i mean teachers you know will i know a lot of teachers who will bop around uh job to job you know for that very reason um sometimes they'll bop around to different parts of different you know, subjects. They'll be like a special teacher, then they'll be a counselor, then they'll be, then they'll work their way up to like a VP. Um, and they're never really satisfied. Sometimes they are, sometimes they have a goal and they want to set out to do yeah. that. But there's a difference between having a goal and just kind of having wanderlust um, for, you know, what your, what your positions are. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I mean, back to Leia and Luke, I think that, you know, they, these are, I think Leia might have a survivor guilt. You know, there might be something there. I mean, being that her whole, she watched her whole planet get destroyed and she still didn't give up the rebel base. And yeah. it, so she watched it get blown up. And even though she gave a day, she gave a, tried to bide some time and give, and give a name, it didn't matter. She still had to sit and watch billions of everybody she knew and love just die. And there's definitely got to be a survivor guilt there that is definitely going to cause some mental yeah. anguish. So there's, it's a yeah, little more. Yeah, I mean, speaking of survivor guilt, I mean, I th- and it's going to be really interesting once the series starts. But I think you could see that with Obi Wan. Well, um, yeah, and, and Yoda, and Yoda, yeah. the two of them. You're right. So, you know, a little bit and of that, even there. even a little bit of depression. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you know the 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 dep- and we really haven't talked about that as much. I mean, depression is something that now now, you know. Depression is a tough of uh, is a tough um, a tough nut to crack, right? Because, I mean, everyone who's ever dealt with it, whether with themselves or with a loved one, will tell you that there are many different types of depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's depression of like the kind that is, and I don't have the clinical names for it. But I guess clinical depression might be the, what yeah. it's called, but um, where the, there are things that are that are affecting you, and they may not be obvious things. They may not be a direct reaction to something. Mm-hmm. You just make wake up one morning feeling that way. Dealing oh, with yeah. it. Yeah. Right? And that is a challenge because, you know, the, the, the people around you, your loved ones, who, if, unless they don't understand you and, and understand how to, how to help, you know, how to serve as a, a role of a, of a helper or an ally in this, you know, they're going to say, oh, lighten up, you know, oh, come on. Or here, have a drink. Oh, here, smoke this weed or, you know, yeah. fill in the blank with vice. With this vice, and you know, it'll let's go. Let, even something as simple as here, let's eat some chocolate. You know, let's 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 eat a whole pizza, and you know, the and and, 
you know, and bury this in a lot of other things. And that's kind of a struggle. But then there's also the kind of depression that is basically just being depressed for, for a react, a direct reaction to something, which I don't know is really, if, if it really falls necessarily, it depends, it would really depend on the, the, the circumstance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've known people that were depressed because they lost their job or they had a tree fall on their house and they have to go through and, or they car, they car, their car died, you know, or they lost a loved one. You know, these are people, these are direct reactionary emotions that it's less depression and more grieving. Oh, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to, to see, you know, how that gets, how you can, uh, I guess, relate to moments in this in in this franchise that but it might but i would imagine that there are certain things if certainly of course any tragedies the loss of ben kenobi to luke um the loss of the planet uh alderaan to leia the Hos- uh, the loss of hosni and prime to everyone yeah. <laughs> uh so you know or, or the the formation of the empire you know in in trying to you know spread it around these are things that can really set on depression and both to being depressed over over the moment and then also something that turns to clinical depression because you don't know you feel you feel despair because you don't know when this is going to end and, and if there will ever be an end. And sometimes these when you have these feelings, even in real life, in real life you have these feelings like they'll never change, that nothing's gonna get better. When in fact everything kind of ebbs and flows. We both oh, know yeah. this. The older yeah. you get, the more you experience it. Yeah. So yeah. Well, the last one I have is I want to talk about the Sith and the Jedi, just kind of in general. Um, I always felt that the Sith had this un inappropriate and uncomfortable fascination with eternal life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like there was a, a fixation on that. You yeah. know, and so like, again, maybe almost an obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, dealing with that, and you know, I always thought that there was the irony that they could never really achieve it. The closest that anybody came to it was the whole Darth Plagueis thing, which really wasn't even fully realized, and um, Palpatine's uh, cloning. You know that that you know apparently apparent cloning, dark secrets that only the Sith knew. Um, but I find it always find it ironic that with the Sith. They had this obsessive compulsive fixation on eternal life and, 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 and holding on to and grabbing hold of and attaching to power. But then you had the Jedi who lived by compassion and, and, and giving of themselves to others and helping others. And they achieved, if those that did it the most and meditated and understood the Jedi way when they became one with the force, you know, they, we've started to, they started to be able to achieve eternal life through being force ghosts. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a true irony there. Now, do the Jedi have any, but what about the Jedi? Let's talk a little bit about them. I mean, the Sith is pretty, that's a, that's a soft. Yeah, that's pretty ball. easy. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah like, Oh, what, vice what about the, the Jedi? I think we see, I think, I think definitely even, even Yoda call. I think yeah, I think it was Yoda who calls it out in uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Arrogance. Yeah, 
Yeah, I so mean, sure of themselves they oh, are. Oh, yeah, so sure, yes. You know? Um, I think, yeah, you know, this idea that they know best, that they they know what's best for everyone. They right. are, you know, they're the Jedi. They've been around for thousands of years. I like how Luke called them out in Last Jedi, like hubris. You know, they they started to believe their own press yes. about uh, things, and I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. That arrogance, the arrogance, the you know, blinded them, blinded them, literally blinded them mm-hmm. to the dark side of the force. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's an interesting, it's interesting thing. I mean, if the if the Jedi were in fact, you know, infallible, then the Sith would not have been able to take over. Mm-hmm. So. One thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if this is necessarily a mental health issue, but I guess you could kind of steer it that way, is with, is Padme, and especially through episode two and episode three, the way she almost acts as a, what's the term I'm looking for? Enabler? She, enabler, <laughs> yes. I, mean, I was I didn't know which way you were going. I was going to say, well, yeah. "Well, we'll see if this is it." <laughs> so, I mean, there are so many times through the mo- through the movie where she had the opportunity to say, "Hold on, this isn't right." I mean, when well, when I will say she 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 dipped her toe in the water a few times. Do you ever get the feeling that we're fi- we're, we're we're on the wrong side? I did see that. You know, I, and, I, and and. I mean, but that wasn't necessarily. I thought that was her first, yeah, moment. Really, her first moment. I mean, there was a little bit when they were on the in this in episode two. That was episode three. In episode two, they were kind of sitting on the hill having their little picnic. Yeah, and you know, she's like talking about the how the system should work, and and he wants it to be a different way. She's like, it sounds awful lot of, like a dictatorship to me. Like they're having a conversation, yeah. and and then you know, like. A, a debate, if you will, and then he says, "Well, if it works," and she's just looking at him like, "Okay," and then she's like, "Let's change the subject." You know, she—that was when she probably started to become the enabler because she smiled at him and, you know, and, and did the whole the well, flirty, flirty uh, laugh. That and I mean, with with the Tuscans, when he tells her straight up, "I slaughtered the men, women, and children." And instead of being like "Danger, Will Robinson," let's let's get out of here. She's like, nope. "Oh, he's like, no, let me no, let me." Hey. Keep... Well, I mean, we're getting less into mental illness and more into psychology, yeah, psychological true. things here. But you know, there's always that that you know, women's attract the young women when they're young girls attracted to the bad boy, mm-hmm. you know, wearing the leather like the well, biker. It, it's it's the idea of I can change them. Yes, I I yes. can change him. I can change him, and uh, yeah, and it never works. But <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, even, even I mean, even with mit- going back to mental health, living a secret life like that is not good for you for your mental health. No, I mean, living that type of a you know having to be keep that type of secret and keep you know keep a lie that's that's not good. That can no. not affect you. No, it affects you deeply. You know, yeah. and, and and it's certainly something that can cause mental illness, you know, beyond beyond measure. So so anyway, we've gone through all of these. I think that's pretty much my whole list. Um, 
And and I I feel that you know you're dealing with and and there's more than just characters. There's also situations. I mean, there's also the way Luke was, you know, wanting to get off the farm and you know the the, the anxiety of having to stay another one more season when all of his friends left and and he just wants to get off this rock. Yeah. Well, you and know, then, I mean, Luke deals with depression. I mean, if you go into the sequel trailer, sequel sequel trilogy, you have a very depressed Luke. Yeah, you know? again, but a direct a direct reaction to, to a that situation happened. Yeah. that happened, but he's still, you know, and he stayed that way for a while. And finally it took him it took Yoda and 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 Ray to kind of, you know, shock him out of it. You know, you've got um I mean, you know, the atrocities of the Empire and then the First Order. You've got the war um that went on between the clone wars that went on and how that was that was yeah. very you know it was such a weird it must have been a very weird war because nobody people that were watching there was literally nobody um dying from it when i mean you know the clones were dying but the clones were all they weren't family members they weren't yeah. people that anybody really could relate to there probably were some that were compassionate over the fact that they believe that a clone life is still a life. Yeah. So to know well, that they're... I don't think I don't I mean you say that people weren't I mean I think you you that kind of kind of proven false in Mandalorian where you see the the um well, I mean, Mandalore. Man, I mean yeah, like, the Mandal. You're right. There were. I mean, uh, yes, you're right. There were. There were civilian um, casualties. Th there were civilian casualties, and and you know, military groups that were on board on this, particularly on the separatist side, and also like third party, you know, independent or neutral groups that had their yeah. own. That were fighting their own yeah. wars, kind of within the war. So you're right about that. But nonetheless, uh, so war war is is a, is a stress now. I mean, look at what well, we're dealing with now in Ukraine. Yeah. You know, it's a, I mean, it's not affecting really very, you know, everybody in the world yet. The world is in pain. One thing, it. one person we didn't talk about. Okay. And one, I guess you could call it mental illness. Finn, PTSD. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Finn and with PTSD, um, and, and I mentioned. Even, even even Poe uh, a little bit, maybe not to the same extent, but I po think Poe po po dealing wanna... with with is with issues through humor. Yes, trying to crack the joke. I think to... that. I think also that where Poe was struggling too, especially in the, in the Last Jedi, was the fact that you know Leo, as his mentor, was trying to teach him about you know, what it means to make decisions as a person who has to be a leader and, and how do you do this? How do you, how do you, you know, maintain the rebellion, the, this resistance and not just, you know, worry about jumping in your cockpit and blowing stuff up, you yeah. know what I mean? So, so there's, there's that, that um, it's a true question that he struggled with. I think he puts on up an appearance that it makes it feel like he's, far more um you know got it together calm cool and collective than other people back to finn uh finn yeah i mean ptsd is is crazy crazy stuff and it's not an easy thing to um to deal with 
And not only that, but you know, now he's also dealing with abandonment and you know his own sense of his own sense of duty. And what does that mean? And and who is he? And is he truly a traitor, or is he somebody who just doesn't want to kill for them? And not only talk about his own abandonment issues, taken from his family, programmed from birth. But you know, there's a lot to unpack. All right, uh, froze up on me. <laughs> uh, apologize for this. Okay. Sorry, is that me okay. or you? Uh, I might have been on well, both of our ends. Okay, well, I think that we've uh, any anything you want to wrap up on that on the thought of this. I know we we spent a lot of time uh, well, just. Well, actually, um, we did person who, who, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did have someone, um, Peace, Love, and Star Wars, who is part of the Red 5 Network. He wrote in on Twitter and said, the writing and podcasting has been helpful in coping. However, because of past trauma, I do have coping skills for watching or reading Star Wars. What I once loved changed. I still love it, but some scenes can cause triggers or flashbacks. So I okay. think that's interesting that, what you know, it can be both, you know, a source of an escape from trauma and on a reminder of trauma. Yeah. 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 That, that is sadly something that, um, you know, depending on the situations that happen in one's life that can definitely happen. You know, Hmm. do we have, you know, and then, and then I wonder if anyone has struggled with, you know, the, the, you know, mental illness because of things that have happened in the star Wars movies. I know some people have gotten very, Particularly in the, you know, well, I, I got to say, you know, it's really been rampant from the very beginning of the prequels right up until now um, with, you know, yes, there have been some films that have been kind of more or, or, or TV shows now that have been so more kind of more universally accepted. But there have been and, and, and I'm not talking about people being critical of the movies or being critical of the way George Lucas handled things or the way Disney handle things but more among the things that but taking it to a level that is so far deeper than that oh yeah that, i you mean know, that's to, something we can just talk we, we can do a whole show on that about how and we've talked about the the, like, you know, the fandom menace but in how for me it's so ironic that as we talked about earlier there was a time when you know being a star trek fan being a star wars fan could get you bullied you know, if you were in the, the, the right and how it's turned around to become the same people who might have been bullied as kids because they were into this, this fandom are now the ones doing the bullying. You because know, to, to other fans. Yes. Because they like something that the other ones don't or they don't like something that the other ones do. You know, and, and, and I got to say, uh, you know, a, a new aspect of mental, mental uh, illness that I feel is people are really struggling with now is just under not knowing how to have a conversation without making it be something that's that can get violent or abusive uh whether it be verbally or whatnot like how you know and i'm not just talking about people who didn't like star wars or that didn't like one of the movies i'm talking about people who liked a movie but get you know viciously attacked get so enraged, I keep using the word rage, but that's the best one to describe it, that totally get enraged at other people for 
disliking something or being critical of something. And it's, and it's a true, um, you know, it's, it's a, there's a conversation that has to happen there. Definitely. Why, why is it so concerning? Like I've, I've watched students. I've said this before. I've had, I've had students that would not understand why I liked a certain movie, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've, and I've just said, I, I look guys, I, I can't, I don't have to explain myself to you, but I will simply state that I enjoyed things like, you know, when it came to Phantom Menace, for example, I would say I've I, I, you know, I just mentioned things in the movie that I liked. I love the score, of course, John Williams, yay, woo. I loved the uh, the Qui Gon Jinn character. I loved Obi Wan. I loved the, the the saber duel at the end. The I, I thought I loved the the look of the Naboo fighter. I, you know, I loved that it's a prequel that takes very small steps into something that we are going to get to know and understand and become more familiar with. And it's going to all kind of lead up to the very familiar original trilogy. I I just enjoyed it. I walked away from the theater happy. I can't tell you. I don't expect everyone to do that. I know a lot of people didn't. That's why I tell my students in a very quiet and calm way. And and you know now they're young, you know, and they they don't always understand, you know, debate and discussion. And they sometimes, but I but I laugh because they're all now, you know. They were 14, 15. Now they're 35. Some of these people have websites and blogs and YouTube channels, you know, and they, they don't know how to handle other people's opinions. So I wonder if there's a mental illness there, if there is some, and I don't mean like they're, they're screwed up in the head or I don't mean it like that. I I think, I think that's one thing that we we kind of talked about this, that, you know, and we'll kind of end on this because we're getting close to our time but sure, sure. you know men, you know in like i said i think we tend to think you know a mental illness is something to be where you know like you said oh being screwed up you know you know made something major but if you look at mental illness like any other illness you know mm-hmm. you have things that are bad you know that are like like a major virus or some major disease and then you have just colds, you mm-hmm. know, things that are just like small little things. And I think mental Ill- mental health and mental illness can be the same thing. There are times when, you know, you you wake up and you're depressed. Right, right. You know, and you're not depressed all the time. No, no. But it's just like, but and and you know, but that doesn't mean that you 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 don't take it seriously. That you don't you know figure out how to deal with it so it doesn't become something something worse right um, but as far as like what, what we're talking about with these fans you know it's a situation where i don't necessarily know if they know the difference between a reality and opinion right about fact and opinion yeah um, anyway um well, this has been a really fun uh really interesting very interesting and enlightening yes yeah. yeah, conversation um anybody who uh gets who catches this on the rewatch be sure to leave comments or email us if you wanted to share any uh thoughts or ideas on your own maybe we'll do a follow-up you know as part of our next episode or a few episodes down the road definitely cool definitely definitely all right well um will why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you at 
Okay, well, when I'm not here with John Mark, I am doing my own uh, YouTube channel. It is Star Darth Tuba's Star Wars Unboxing Show, and it is a basically a, a collecting Star Wars on you know unboxing kind of channel. Uh, we've had some very very varied episodes over the last few weeks. Uh, we do have another trip to Galaxy's Edge in the works coming up, so we will be um, getting another episode out from there. And I'm uh, looking forward to that. You can reach me on um, Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Darth Tuba, Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing page on Facebook. And uh, you can email me DarthTuba77 at gmail.com. All right. As for us right here, you can find us each and every week here on our Facebook Live post. Uh, we stream live to our Facebook Live group. Just search War of the Stars. You can find us there. If you want to email us and ask those questions, uh, you can do so by emailing us at waroftheStars at gmail.com or the stars one at gmail.com. Got to get that right. Mm -hmm. I don't want people thinking like, well, I tried emailing you and I didn't find it. WaroftheStars1 at gmail.com. You can also check us there out there on our Twitter page at the same handle at waroftheStars1. If you are not able to listen to us live, which I know a lot of people don't, uh, you can check us out wherever fine podcasts are heard. We are on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcast, just to name a few. Um, check us out there. Give us a five-star review on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, just leave us comments. Tell us what you like. If you want to support the show, best way to do that is through Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars, or you can buy the cool merch that we got at www.spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward, sh yeah, yeah, forward slash shop forward slash war dash of dash s dash stars. There you uh, go. I gotta, I gotta somehow condense that down. I don't yeah, know there's gotta be a way to. To limit that yeah. a little bit, but all right. Uh, also, don't forget, we are a part of the Red 5 Network, www.red5network.com, for all the information on the shows on War, all the Red 5 Network, which we are uh, very cool to be part of that. Uh, that will about wrap it up for us right now. So until next time, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Till the Spire, everyone.